Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of WT Fada. That's right. What is this? The fifth? The fifth episode? I think so. It's the fifth episode of what the fuck are we talking about? The first one, arguably not about clowns. Yeah, I was going to say this is the first one we haven't related back to like the the common theme of these first four episodes. No. There's nothing we get into that references clowns at all. I need to I need to like take down all the red bubble shirts that say clown cast now. <laughs> fucking mistake. What a can wasted we, fucking time. Can we do that now? Can we scramble and figure out how it relates to a clown in some aspect? Um, is there someone with too much makeup or something? Anything? Ah, uh, shit. I don't know. Um, Todd was in it. There we go. <laughs> Mike, Todd the Clown, for sure. Todd the Clown. Oh, Could you imagine hiring that asshole for a fucking kid's birthday party? He just shows up in this half-ass clown outfit, like, face paint just all over the place. He has, like, that rainbow afro and that little nose and little... He just shows up and just squeezes a um, little horn. Yeah. He's just like, you remind me of a guy I have in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy? Who's this clown? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie today. Yeah, which we get it. We know we, we talk about a lot of events happen in the movie and a lot of events that happen in Breaking Bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of relate to Jesse's story and where he came from and, and how he got to where he was. And, you know, we, we speculate a little bit. Um, about what would have happened to him afterwards. Um, you know, Veron kind of threw out there, maybe he might be a carpenter. Or yeah. Maybe a fisherman? Fisherman. You know, I'm assuming you've, you all have seen the movie if you're tuning in. You have to. So there's Don't no... listen to this if you haven't watched the movie. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but he ends up in Alaska. Right. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, if you haven't, there's no reason to listen if you haven't watched the movie. So they know. Yeah, and it, you still, it's not. He could be dead in Alaska too. Good. Which I'm very sad they went that direction. <laughs> if you think that I'm serious, go watch the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of dive into a lot of like returning characters mm-hmm. we talk about kind of some of the differences between the vibe of breaking bad and what they gave us with el camino um and how jesse's story arc um and his redemption story is something that's relatable and maybe not to the you know most likely not to the extent that he went through you yeah know, but like we talk about the the general idea of being human and ending up in situations that aren't otherwise favorable and mm. you know where to go from there and, you know i think that's like jesse's story arc and we mentioned that he tried multiple times to be better and do better for you know despite the bad things he's done and this is kind of like his chance now that walter's gone yeah we get into all of that stuff guys it's a pretty good episode it's a little bit shorter than the ones we've been doing but uh i feel like we covered everything pretty well and uh I definitely feel like the conversation was stimulating. Yeah. I felt like I was, you know, uncovering things about it as we were talking, which is always good. And I feel like I'm learning about things. It, uh, I think it 
equates to a pretty good episode for you guys. So, yeah, and I, I've mentioned before, I love hearing Ron talk about these things and his ideas, and you know, listen to to where he would have liked to seen this go, because it's always something that blows my mind. So I hope you all enjoy it as much as I do. I really appreciate that. You know, Vinny says the same thing to me. Um, you're going to get into that. You're going to learn all about our relationship to Vinny. Um, anyways, we hope you guys enjoy the latest episode of WT Fada. And Thank uh, you guys and enjoy. Thanks. Breaking news on something. A horrific scene with multiple victims. It started when neighbors reported hearing hundreds of gunshots fired. When Albuquerque police arrived, they discovered the bodies of nine male victims, many shot multiple times. Veteran police officers calling the level of carnage, quote, staggering. Apparently, a remote-controlled machine gun was used in the killings. Investigators are searching for a person of interest who fled the scene. Anyone with information on this massacre is asked to call police immediately. So El Camino is, is very refreshing. You know, we it's been a while since Breaking Bad's been on the air. And, uh, you know, this picked up pretty much as soon as that one left off. And it was a continuation of Jesse's story here and what happened after he escaped. And not too long after it starts, you get introduced to old characters. Some of my favorites, I loved Badger and Skinny Pete. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved right off the bat. They played a huge part in this, you know. And it, it kind of glor- you know, glorified their relationship between the three and how much they love and respect Jesse. Hmm. and what they did to help him escape yeah yeah i really liked um i think i'd spent a lot of time underestimating skinny pete and i enjoyed the fact that he kind of like hatched that plan pretty flawlessly on the fly as far as um like i'm gonna take the el camino you're gonna take badger's car badger will take your car you know or how yeah yeah that's how it worked uh, Badger was going to take Skinny Pete's car. Yeah. He took, uh, Jesse took Badger's car and, uh, right. Skinny Pete got the El Camino. Right. Yeah. Which, which I hope he got the key. I think so. But either way, like, I, I was wondering if they, because if I, what I thought was going to happen was Skinny Pete was going to jump in the car and then drive it away from his house. So then he would have had cops following him around you know what I mean? Like a little wild goose chase. But at the same time, the way, like, that's what I thought in the moment. But then the way it was set up, it was like those cops were, like, flying down the road pretty quickly immediately after. Mm-hmm. So there probably wouldn't have been that time for that kind of a thing. But um, that's what I thought was happening. But, yeah, I was impressed. Skinny Pete, he uh, kind of put that together quickly and mm-hmm. and efficiently and he knew exactly what needed to happen it was neat yeah it was because i didn't expect something like that out of him no you know and then uh right before they parted ways he, he gives jesse his beanie yeah which i don't think we've seen him without that throughout the entire breaking bad series have we no i didn't know what his haircut looked like no because like that looked like a whole new person to me yeah and, you know that that moment it even even though I wasn't quite sure if that was the first time we'd seen him without it. Uh, that moment still felt like it held a lot of weight with him kind of parting with something that was a part of his identity. Right, yeah. That he just gave to Jesse and, you know, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, 
hope you conceal yourself because he, right. you know, he did stay early. He didn't want him to um, get a haircut or, or clean up so he could be unrecognizable. So he, he gives him this, like a, something that is part of who Skinny Pete is to help him, you know, kind of evade being caught right. or recognized. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like seeing those guys again. And I like the, uh, the little story that they told with them. There was a lot of um, returning faces in this one. Mm-hmm. And I was happy to see most of them. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, you get Jonathan Banks in the very beginning as Mike Ehrman Trout, which is, it's anytime you get to see Mike again, it's awesome. I love uh, Mike. As part of the reason Better Call Saul is such a great offshoot Breaking Bad, is you get so much more time with him. He's, he's such a great character. Um, and... You know, there's, I'm saving, I'm saving the worst for last year, <laughs> but like you get to see Walter again, which I wasn't positive that we were going to see him, which is pretty cool. Um, I like the vacuum disappearer, which actually I wanted to point out that this movie actually debuted on Netflix the day that that man died. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw the post about that. Yeah. Robert Forster, uh, 78 years old. Um, yeah. His last his last filmed appearance in anything to my knowledge uh, came out on the day that he died, which is insane. Um, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, and then Jane. It was cool to see Jane a little bit more, mm-hmm. even though I didn't feel like I left on great terms with her by yeah. the time she, <laughs> by the time she overdosed, I was kind of like, yeah, fuck this person. I don't <laughs> need to be around you anymore. Because it was very, I don't know, it made me feel like, like, like she started out like totally fine and I was into it and stuff. But as soon as like the drugs got back into her, she was just manipulating the fuck out of Jesse. And it's yeah. like, wasn't, yeah, wasn't fun to watch. Toxic relationship there with, you know, they were both hitting it heavy and yeah. it kind of took something like that to happen. It kind of has, it was important for his character development. You know, if that doesn't happen, what happened to Jane happens to him. Yeah. You don't have Jesse Pinkman anymore. That's true. And you don't have that, like, that weight of almost, like, the lie that Walter has told. That reveal, I, I, just the other day, I was, like, watching people react to Ozymandias, the, like, the big episode of Breaking Bad with, uh, spoilers for Breaking Bad, guys. Um, you shouldn't be watching El Camino if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, so I don't really care. But, uh, Ozymandias is the episode with, like, Hank goes out, Steve Gomez goes out, um, they fucking capture Pinkman, and they bring him to the pit, um, and I was watching that the other day, I was watching people react to it, and the, how did I get on the subject, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out why I brought this up in relation to El Camino, um, about Jane and how you didn't feel all that, um, the reveal that Walter, the lie that Walter Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I was watching, I, I forgot Man just like before they like take Jesse, Walter just fucking lays it out on the line. He's just like, I watched her overdose. I could have helped her and I didn't. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, yeah, man. Like, you, you don't fucking play around. Yeah. Walter's a fucking evil bastard. Um, and then 
you know, there's probably a couple other like small appearance. Oh, the guy that runs like the the has like the car crusher that they used a couple of times yeah, in Breaking was Bad. That was cool. Fresh and face to um, see, and he he got out of there real quick. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, Todd, oh, Todd Alquist. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Like <laughs> on the list of people I didn't need to see again, Todd's up there. Yeah, he's back to it. Well, I mean, never really left his sociopathic ways, but... No. That was, like, a highlight. <laughs> that was a highlight of this movie for me, honestly. Like, I didn't I didn't really want more Todd, mm-hmm. but just... I, I don't know. I guess there's, like, a feeling when you watch Breaking Bad that they, like, left some things a little bit mysterious and never got, like, totally explicit. You always knew that there was something very wrong with Todd, but never... You know, you you knew, like, he was involved with torturing Jesse, and you knew, like, he's just, he's fucking creepy, you Mm -hmm. know? And there was something, like, almost gratifying about seeing, like, how bad he actually is, you know? It was nice to kind of have that out out in the open. Um, And that's, that whole sequence was, like, it was off-putting but also really funny too there's a lot of like good kind of comedic beats in that and then driving down the road and singing, singing yeah and shit and then when they fucking slid the poor fucking lady out over the balcony yeah just fucking bashed her off the fucking the pavement like music picks up gets all oh, like, you know jolly and they're picking yeah. up down the back of the car and... oh god that that whole todd's one of those like I don't know. I think there's like character archetypes that kind of exist, and I feel like Todd's kind of an original. I have a hard time thinking of another character that's like Todd. Is he like. Todd doesn't seem to understand that he's doing anything wrong. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's almost the opposite of Jesse. Because Jesse is somebody that, like, everything he does wrong weighs on him to. A degree that, like, it's often come close to and or has broken him. Uh, and, I mean, some of those things are very, very intense, like shooting uh, Bedeker, um to protect Walt. And, like, that fucked him up for, like, a season. And, and probably long after, too. I mean, he's probably still feeling the repercussions of having shot this, like, nerdy, harmless scientist, you know? <laughs> um but Todd's somebody that, like, he doesn't... There's nothing that phases him. There's nothing that bothers him. No. He's, a, like, a real deal sociopath where it's just whatever suits him, whatever keeps him... Whatever keeps his life stable is what's gonna... Uh, what's gonna transpire, you know? He doesn't have any... He doesn't have any remorse his actions, you know? Yeah, well, when he's talking about him killing the maid... He, you know, Jesse's asking him, he's like, oh, you know, pretty much trying to figure out if, like, she was going to out him and throw him under the bus or get him in trouble. And he's like, no, she didn't even know it was mine. She didn't even think I knew it was there. But, you know, I just couldn't have that, you know, no problem. And, and the way he, like, takes the belt off. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to need that. Puts, yeah, just puts it back on. Yeah. So casual. Definitely a character. <laughs> he's just, an, I, I liked his eulogy, too. That was a great moment. And he's like, and he turned to Jesse, he was like, you want to say a few words? And Jesse was like, 
why the fuck would I want to say a few words? Like, that's fucking crazy. I don't even know. I didn't know this woman when she was alive. Uh, and then he's like, oh. And he's like standing there. And then he's like, well, she was a good person and an excellent housekeeper. And it's like, you're such a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, it's so evil. Like, like it, it, the, the thing that like he highlights isn't like her inherent goodness as a human being. It's the thing that she did for him. Yeah. You know, that is truly excellent. You know, <laughs> it's just like, he's fucking crazy. <laughs> I, I was, uh, it, it's such a double-edged sword because I, I like that guy. Um, that actor has like proven himself multiple times. Um, whether it like, even like, did you see Game Night? I did, yes. Holy shit. The whole thing with the fucking, like, how could that even be economically feasible? The, th the three for one deal that they, they're talking about with the chips. He's <laughs> like, just so fucking strange. And he does it so well. And I thank Matt Damon and Philip Seymour Hoffman for having that baby every day of my life. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's kind of like an overview of like cameos and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then obviously there's the big man himself. You have Jesse back. I don't feel like, uh, don't feel like Aaron Paul lost a step. No. He's right back to Jesse, you know? And, uh, you know what I was surprised about? And, and it's like a nice little bit of character development that I don't know that you would catch first viewing, but well, maybe you would, I don't know. I did. But uh, it doesn't say bitch once. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely different, you know, and they, they made it apparent right off the bat how uh, traumatized he was from being locked up in that cage. For sure. You know, when he woke up in the room and initially he saw the top of the cage and freaked out and he, he felt claustrophobic in that room and he's trying to get out and he almost shoots his friends because of it. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. when he's taking the shower, he has the flashbacks back to when they were hosing him down and... You know, Jesse's not obviously not the same Jesse that um, we got in Breaking Bad. And they they cut back to a scene where he's talking to Walter in that diner. Yeah. And he's asked for that full pitcher of water. And the guy's like, I can't do that for you. And he like, pulls out the money. He's like, I think you can. Gives him the money. He's like, yeah, you know, laughing. This and that. Yeah. He's like, classic Jesse. And that, that, it was at that moment that I realized how different um, yeah. he actually was. Yeah, um, that's true. You kind of forget. Yeah. Um yeah, that that scene was really fun. It has another. It has more of those like classic Jesse Pinkman like uh, wire and uh, fucking magnets. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it has more of that in that scene when he's like, "Gotta hydrate," you know, <laughs> electrolytes. You know, <laughs> that whole thing was really great. If you don't like pineapple, you're an asshole. Which I guess that you don't really like much pineapple, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. It was it was nice to see him more carefree yeah it was like that kind of that banter between walter and jesse that made their relationship so special and that like what i enjoyed the most was seeing them kind of like you know jesse be jesse and walter's just like jesus christ man yeah yeah but, you know you still had the feel that he cared for jesse on like um as like a father-son type deal yeah there's something weird about their relationship where it's like i i mean life's complicated and i think breaking bad kind of shows how life can be complicated and i think that there are times where like 
I think there were times where Walter legitimately hated Jesse. And then there were times when it's like their family, mm-hmm. you know, maybe more family than certainly more family than him and Walter Jr. You know, um, maybe more family than the other members of his family too, you know, like something about the two of them that they're, they're bonded in a way that's really difficult to undo, you know? Yeah. Cause well, for a while, Walter was living this secret double life and Jesse was the only one that he could fully trust and share that with. So it, it yeah. would make sense that he kind of grew closer to Jesse than he was with his own family. Right. And then obviously when his own family found out that kind of, that ruined things in their relationship and understandably so. So at, you know, one point all he had left was Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. It's really complicated. And I did like that scene too, for it gave you a little bit more. I mean, I don't think you need that much more insight into Walter White, but I did like what they chose to do with it, where he was like talking to Jesse about how like it's, it must be great to do something amazing with your wife something like that when you're still young it's like that longing in walter's voice of a man that's like i've lived a bad life i'm not happy with my life i wish that i had done something great with it beforehand yeah and it seems like he was trying to lead jesse into a path that walter um wish he took you know yeah like you know when he, when he asked him if he was going to go to college what, what would he study Mm. Jesse goes, oh, well, sports medicine. And Walter's like, yeah, that's cool. But, like, I see the potential in a business degree in you. And I think that's something you would be a natural at and something you would kill. Because he wants to see something that Jesse is naturally good at and something that he thinks he'd flourish in. So he's not stuck doing something that he thought he was interested in, you know, and gets to a point where he's like Walter, you know. Right, yeah. He's he's very smart and he's good at it, but it's not fulfilling, you know. And his whole life wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, and I think that like, I know, like, we we can take this wherever we want to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Breaking Bad a little bit. But like, one of the things that is tragic to me about Walter, and one of the reasons that. He did, he did really terrible things, but I also think that those things happened as a result of pressure, right? Like, this is somebody that just kept taking it in and taking it in and taking it in, and then it's like when they snapped, something got cut loose, you know? And, and then it was like, he couldn't stop anymore because it... He didn't want to go back to that life where he didn't have any, uh, like, sovereignty. He didn't mm-hmm. have any ability to kind of, like, put his foot down. He didn't yeah. have the ability to be strong. Um, he had always been walked over by the people in his life, which I think is part of the reason why... <clears throat> I think initial impressions are huge. And I think that's part of the reason why so many, like people were so unforgiving of Skyler late in the series because they still viewed her as the wife that had somehow like trampled over Walter, which is kind of there. It's like, it's his birthday and you're making him have veggie bacon, 
you know, which is like kids coming from a place of caring, <laughs> but it's just like he can't have like what he wants yeah, on that day, on his birthday, yeah. or that like completely passionless attempt at a hand job yeah. while she's like doing eBay shit, yeah. and it's like that initial impression of her. I think blinded a lot of people to how fucked up that relationship got. And when that power dynamic shifted and when he was in charge, um, people still were picking on Skyler, you know, just like breaking bad. Like again, just really that whole breaking bad, the universe, you know, it's all about these like complicated character motivations and relationships, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like for what El Camino is, I don't have any complaints about it. Like, I, I think it's a pretty good... The only complaint I have is the same complaint that I have about shared universes, is that that movie doesn't work if you didn't watch Breaking Bad. If you're just watching that as a casual viewer, you're like, who the fuck is this bald guy that he's having this flashback with? And why yeah. do I give a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the, the problem with shared universes and stuff but like i guess i i kind of wish that there was more i don't know it felt it felt a little bit less intellectually stimulating to me this movie yeah i agree with that and um i I felt like this movie was more so just they kind of wanted to like they wanted to extend Jesse's story and close out on that, but they mm-hmm. didn't want to go crazy with it and really put, I don't want to say they didn't want to put a lot of work into it, but they kind of just wanted to tell the story and get it out there and be like, Hey, this is what happened. Right. Cause I agree that it, you know, it, you kind of expect a lot of like the same, like breaking bad twists and moments. And, you know, we didn't get a lot of those. Yeah, it was much more calm yes. than I was expecting, I guess. It was a different feel than what yeah, what I was expecting. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. No, no. I mean, I, I, I did like it. Just definitely a different flavor. But a flavor that I think is true to Jesse. Like, mm-hmm. I think throughout the series of Breaking Bad, like, we saw somebody that was, like, I think he generally was looking for peace, you know? Um... And it certainly just gotten more and more intense the further entrenched in conflict he became, you know. And I think, like, this story is a nice kind of summization of somebody that, like, I've been through a lot. I've done things that I'm not proud of. And I want to live a better life, you know. And that's, that's, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of beautiful, you know? I'm, I'm glad that they told the story that they did, even if it wasn't quite what I was expecting. It wasn't an action movie, you know? Mm -hmm. Just a movie about somebody trying to pick up kind of the pieces of what they have left and move on. Well, this was, um... This was a successful attempt at the telling because he tried multiple times during the course of Breaking Bad to do that. Yeah. And I think, you know, there were a lot of distractions and a lot of things that kind of pulled him back into that lifestyle. And and Walter was being, well, he was a huge factor in that. Yeah. And now that Walter is dead, 
this was his chance to really get out and look after Jesse and, you know, kind of make amends. And well, there was a quote at the beginning when he said he wanted to make it right. And Mike says, you know, you can't. Yeah. That's the one thing you can never do. Yeah. You can just move forward and, you know, do whatever you can with that. Yeah. So I think, uh, this was Jesse. He, he was finally able to get out and not continue that life, the, the, the path that he was on. Yeah. You know, whether you want to get into whether you can make things right or not, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of that expression, once the paper's crumpled, it can't be perfect again type deal. And not that perfection is what we're looking for, but more so is like, what's done is done. And, uh, you know, you just got to kind of move forward and make better decisions moving forward and that's that's all you can do and i think um that means a lot i think a lot of people don't even care to even try to do that yeah so it was nice to see jesse after all this all that he's been through still kind of have that desire to be a better person right yeah i mean i guess like that's kind of like if i had to say a word for this movie, I'd probably say recovery, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think, like, the themes of this movie are talking about it now. They're kind of hitting a lot more close to home than I was realizing mm-hmm. before. Because I, um, I've been victim and perpetrator, you know? I've been on both sides of the fence, you know, I've had bad things happen to me and I've done bad things and, uh, you know, it's not, again, life is complicated. Sometimes things aren't easy to see and sometimes you make mistakes. And, uh, I think that that opening scene with Mike was hard (laughs) because I mean, you know where I've been mm-hmm. this entire, like, the past five months. Just me saying I want to make things right. Yeah. About things that I've done wrong. And uh, hearing Mike, who I respect, <laughs> <laughs> and who, like, is very wise, say that's the one thing you can never do. It's like, God damn it. Fuck. You know, I think we can all relate to that on some level. You know, yeah, I mean, everybody has their shit that they carry yeah you know we're all just kind of going through this life and making decisions and learning from them hopefully and being willing to grow up and people make bad decisions you know they they get something gets the best of them and you know what happens you don't always have the foresight to to live that perfect life and never falter never make a mistake you know or yeah and like having somebody that gives you feedback to to see those things you know the what's tragic about jesse is there was like nobody in his life that he could share this with you know the things that he was having to do there was nobody that he could talk to and the only person that was in his ear was walter who was just bending him to his own ends you know yeah who we talked about you know they how they do have that weird relationship where he does see jesse kind of as like uh like family but at the same time he uh 
did some really shitty things and treated him really poorly and manipulated him and his emotions to kind of get done what needed to be done. You know, I think Walter was walking this line of um, morality and that line just blurred and he just, things that he was doing, things that he was doing, <clears throat> you know, he, it, it was clear that, that line was just gone. Yeah. You know? And he's like, I got to do what I have to do to whoever it needs to be done to. Yeah. And I think like, like I remember there was a lot of conversation and keep talking about Breaking Bad. Well, uh, <laughs> it's, well, it's important because this is like Breaking Bad leads up to yeah. Jesse's story. All this stuff is relevant to right. what, where Jesse's been and where he's here in the story. So it all relates. All right. So you, you make me feel a little bit better <laughs> then because <laughs> I just feel like I keep bringing up Breaking Bad. But it's like, I remember there was a lot of talk about when he poisoned Brock, um, when Walter poisoned Brock in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And every, a lot of people were like, that's the turning point. That's the spot. That's the spot where, like, Walt's unforgivable. And it's like, it's because there's a child involved. Yeah. I get that. But I also am like, he poisoned him with something that he knew perfectly well. That an ER was going to... An ER in that region of the country, it was going to be, like, one of the first things that they thought of. So, I think in a way, Brock was... Obviously, it's not cool what he did, mm-hmm. but Brock was r- relatively safe in that thing. It was a calculated risk that Walt was taking. I think Walt knew that Brock wasn't going to get hurt. Yeah. Seriously. For me, the turning point with Walt is way later. Um, because the one thing that always stands out to me is like, that's unforgivable shit. Is after like Hank... And Gomez are fucking buried in the dirt. And Uncle fucking Jack is like, hey, we're going to we're gonna leave you a barrel, all right? We're going to take the other seven. But you get a barrel. That's good, right? And uh, Walt's standing there and uh, he brings up Pinkman. And he's like, hey. He's like, you still owe me Pinkman. And he was like, well, if you can find him, we'll kill him. And that moment, fucking moment, where Walt raises his hand and points, and he's just like, found him. And it's like, why did you do that? Yeah, he didn't need to do that. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You won. Like, you have a separate issue with Uncle Jack and, and, and them stealing your shit. But at that point, the whole Jesse Walter thing, it's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. You can just let, Walt, you can just let Jesse walk mm-hmm. away from that, that situation. And he just wouldn't fucking do it. And then the fact that, like... After that, he tells him the thing about Jane and shit. It's like, Walt just... That was, like, the cruelest that he was. It was senselessly cruel. It mm-hmm. wasn't... There was nothing calculated, and there was nothing to gain except the knowledge that Jesse was gonna fucking die. Yeah. And then it was even worse than that. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get the shit beat out of you. You're gonna be treated like an animal. You're gonna have to talk to Todd. <laughs> you know? <laughs> on the other hand i do like pizza so if Come todd on. was yeah if todd was getting me a pizza it might change my opinion of him a little bit listen if i hold, hold a gun up to someone and they can talk me down and still buy me a pizza afterwards i think there's hope for that friendship i would yeah i would <laughs> I'd be todd's friend <laughs> oh man 
Somebody I fucking talked to said that he was in Salem shortly after Breaking Bad ended in Salem, Mass, like visiting for Halloween. Jesse Plemons? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's his name. I couldn't think of it earlier. Yeah, Jesse Plemons. I only Plemons. know that because I keep wanting to call him Jesse, and I'm like, why do I want to keep calling him Jesse? That's and why. I was like, oh, okay, his real name's Jesse, and like I knew that, but I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, but I remember like somebody talking about that, and uh, and I was like, was he dressed up? Was he in like a costume? And they were like, no, he was in like street clothes. And I was like, he fucking went as Todd. He's <laughs> 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 the scariest character in the world. Matt Damon's brother. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, I don't know how I would have reacted to him. <laughs> because the thing is is i know like actors are actors so it's like you can't hold them to any like you know i can't believe that you insert terrible movie tragedy yeah you know what i mean like i can't believe you did that and shit <laughs> and it's like i understand that jesse Plemons is a real person he played that part so well mm -hmm. that it just makes me fucking uncomfortable. I feel like I would see him and be like, this dude is a fucking psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be around him. Fuck you, man. You can say hi and you're like, I'm not buying it. Man. Yeah. I'm not buying it. <laughs> don't want to be getting pizza. It's like, it's like, can I get your autograph? And he's like, oh, sure. And he like grabs the photograph and he like writes his name on it. And then before he hands it back, he like, brushes off his fingerprints from the fucking thing. Like, like, oh, that was like, weird. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> um. WT Fada will continue after this word from capitalism. Ka-ching. We are also once again brought to you by Ron-III-Art.redbubble.com uh, Go on there, you can check out all of my work, and also pinned right to the top of the page for your convenience is the WT Fada collection. You can get some merch, get some merch, helps us out. And uh, you know, if you love the show, you know, show it, you know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Good quality stuff. Really happy with what uh, John and I got. We talked about the t-shirts. Um, I also have that notebook, and I think John said he was thinking about getting the Bob Lazar Space Pimp shirt, which would be fucking fantastic. I'm uh, excited to see how that one came out. If it came out good, I'm going to grab one too, because I'm a self-promoting whore. But, hey, that's what I do. Um... Yeah, so uh, check it out, ron-iii-art.redbubble.com. But yeah, what did you think of the, um, what do you think of the overall story? Of him escaping in... Yeah, know, kind know. of like the direction that they in like where they chose to end it, and um, just the scope of what El Camino covered. Yeah, you know, it goes back to I mean, it was nice to see Jesse kind of reach something that he's been looking for the entire through the entirety of Breaking Bad, and like I said, it just felt like more of like it was just you know this is what happened. And, yeah. you know, you, you know where we're going to go with it. And, you know, I was okay with it. You know, like I said, it wasn't bad, but I wasn't, you know, blown away. 
Yeah. And I thought it was, um, it was closure. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Because you know? it was like one of the big, there wasn't a lot of things that were left open-ended, but something about a half-crazed Jesse Pinkman driving out into the night didn't feel like, I don't want to, I don't want to perpetually think of Jesse Pinkman screaming his head off. Driving a car almost uncontrollably into an uncertain future. I don't yeah. want to think about that. <laughs> um, so I actually, like, the story that they told was a, pretty close to what I was imagining. Yeah. Only, the only thing is I would have done more on the tail end uh, as far as, like, him having relocated to Alaska. Um, I had had an idea... I'd had an idea about, like, a redemption arc, like, a much more solid redemption arc for Jesse, mm -hmm. which would be, like, okay, he gets the hell out of Dodge, he goes to Alaska, because um, he had talked about that in Breaking Bad, which I thought it was really cool that that turned out to be something that Mike had mentioned to him, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay, so that's why, that's why Alaska out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, I had a feeling at the beginning when he said uh, he'd go to Alaska, that that's where Jesse was going to end up. Yeah. If not being killed but i didn't think that they were going to kill him <laughs> yeah but i remember on the show like when he was talking to i think he was talking to saul and saul was like saul was like well you know you, you, you contact that guy he can get you anywhere anywhere you want to go and at first i think he threw out like montana and then like more knowingly uh like like jesse was like like montana and then he was like there was a pause and then he was like or alaska and when he said Alaska, it seemed like it carried more weight. And I, it was never talked about in Breaking Bad, so I didn't know why. But it was just the suggestion of Mike, who he cared about a lot, you know. I thought that was a cool reveal. Yeah. Um, so I had always thought, like, it definitely seems like he wants to go to Alaska. And I had had in my head this thing where, like, Jesse would go up there and he would get a job in a town that was decently sized and he'd probably be working with kids, right? Because that's sort of where Jesse's heart is. He cares about, he cares about people who are innocent, people who are less strong. I don't want to say weak, but like kind of, you know, mm -hmm. the underdogs, you know? And I thought it would be cool if, like, he was seeing, because he's savvy enough, he's been around the criminal element long enough, if he, like, saw one of the kids that's at risk and, like, realizes that something's going on in their life that's putting them in the exact same position he was in, and then it's like, okay, I can either ignore this or I can try to confront it. And maybe at first he would confront it judiciously, try to talk to the kid, try to help the kid, but it would turn into something where he winds up getting threatened by the people that the kid are involved with, you know? And you could have a story about him, like, laying it all on the line one last time to make sure that what happened to him doesn't happen to anybody else again, you know? And you yeah. can prevent a tragedy befalling this naive kid. I always thought that would be like a really cool story to tell with him. In my head, it still happens. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, it still happens. El Camino 2, it's in my head. Vince Gilligan, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, because you're a huge fan of ours, and we appreciate it, buddy. Um, 
you can take that idea. That's one. That's an idea that I I worked hard for that you can have. Um, it it kind of runs in the uh, the meme they have of Breaking Good, and it's just Walter and Jesse and like the blue sweatshirts and puppies. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like that's kind of how I pictured that. You know, yeah, just fucking out there just doing doing good for the world and yeah, you know, taking all this negative experiences and turning it turning it into something positive. Yeah, yeah, I like that. See, this is why I always say, man, like I love hearing you talk about things because you always have something to add on to to movies or stories or whatever. And you're like, I would have done this, this, and this, and I'm like, wow. That's so much better than what actually happened. <laughs> well, I mean, El Camino would still happen in my story in some fashion. Yeah, but I always like the spin that you put on things. Yeah. Like more than what, you know. Yeah. Even if it's just adding on to things. I'm like, oh, they should have added that. You know, I would have liked that. Mm, nice to see. Yeah, and I think, like, the like the journey that they put Jesse on in this movie is much more, like, personal and, and solely about him. But I don't necessarily think that... Like... Jesse's troubled by the things he's done because he has not atoned for them, right? There's no redemption for Jesse. So, okay, you relocate to a new location. Doesn't change a fucking thing, man. Yeah. You still have that in your head. It doesn't matter if Jane was like, Oh, you know, I think you should you should choose what you're going to do. And it's like, that's fine. That's totally fine. But that's not the answer. It does, like, they have him drive off into the Alaskan wilderness towards that town. And you can tell that he thinks he's made it, but he has not. Like, I, I don't buy that. I don't think it's, like, you know, pizza and blowjobs for the rest of his life. <laughs> I really don't. Um, and I think that it's, like, that last thing. He's going to have to do something that absolves him, you know? Well, I think that reverts <clears throat> back to that conversation you had with Mike in the beginning. You know, Jesse's like, I want to go make it right. You can't. Yeah, but I don't... I don't know. I don't believe that. You know? Mm-hmm. Because you can, like... I've been in situations... And... So mysterious. I'm currently in a situation that I can't literally make right. But symbolically, I can so it's like he can't change yeah. what happened back then, mm-hmm. but in order to live with himself, he's going to have to do some act. It's like a it's the hero's journey. It's yeah. like the Joseph Campbell thing. And it's like you don't the the hero's journey. You come back around to where you started. So for Jesse to come back around to where he started in Breaking Bad is for him to be carefree and him to be happy mm-hmm. and kind of goofy you know but he's gone on this huge fucking arc through all of this stuff and i just don't feel like he's made it back to what i would say is the starting point the hero leaves home goes through trials and tribulations uh comes back out of that changed and then he sets something right in where he came from yeah and then He's a, you know, he's back, but he's a different person, you know, Mm -hmm. a better person, a smarter person, a stronger person. And I think Jesse, he's not returning to a literal home, but he's returning to maybe the idea of safety, you know, like he's finally safe after all this fucking shit went down. Yeah. So, but that safety isn't, isn't enough in 
in a classic hero's journey. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's what they're trying to do with him, mm -hmm. but it's just a it's a, it's an idea, you know. I just feel like there's one more thing he has to do. Yeah, no, you know, I yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I didn't mean like he can't make it right in terms of like setting up um, like a future for himself where he does kind of use all that to to do something positive and kind of reach back to him old self, you know, his old self, his carefree, like, you know, get back to the core of who Jesse is. Yeah. And, you know, you're saying that, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, there is something he can do to kind of reach that, like, that level of homeostasis, you know, of, yeah. you know, where he is mentally and, you know, kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't think that who he was is entirely gone. I think no. it's just a matter of, you know, him finding something to do to kind of to bring that back out to be comfortable and to be safe like right. you said enough to be jesse pinkman again yeah what do you think happens to him like after this movie because i i that's my opinion i want to see i want to see that like him do like a final a final act final yeah. like crucible that like solidifies him as I'm Jesse fucking Pinkman, you know? You know, I don't know. I haven't really put much thought into it, but if I had to guess, man, he becomes a fisherman. He's in Alaska. I could just see him wearing one of those fucking, those the orange jumpers, just like holding yeah. my yeah, just on a boat, you know, you know just by himself, peaceful, yeah. you know, sailing out, and I could see him like crushing a couple of beers at sunset on his boat and living a life of solidarity because I don't see him opening up and creating yeah. new meaningful relationships after everything he's been through i mean i'm not saying it's a, be impossible to do but i think that you know he just has so much baggage now yeah it might be tough for him to do so that's just off the top of my head i'm just talking imagine, right now <laughs> imagine trying to get a job with that face now too like, yeah, the, yeah walk in and you're like oh they're like what happened you're like i fell yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like what <laughs> at least if he's a fisherman he walks into the bar and you know he's crushing a beer by himself and people are like oh what happened and he can like just tell tale to see you know swordfish yeah he wants to see, like, oh, this guy yeah. and this one it would be like jaws he's like i wrestled a megalodon <laughs> yeah. took him out with my bare hands yeah. it's like that um you ever see the beach with Leonardo DiCaprio when he punches the shark no actually no. I didn't oh, dude, believe it or not it's such a good movie I, is I it? Watch it yeah it actually is like I you know like a lot of older movies I don't really carry that much weight you know like the, the value of it doesn't really mm -hmm. translate well in, in you know futuristic times but I think you know it's something worth watching it's enjoyable but you know he's out on the beach and he comes it's raining and pouring you know it's pouring out and i, I think he's saving somebody who is injured in there but yeah. he comes face to face, face with a shark and he like punches it and, like, you know <laughs> and then pretty sure he kills it and you know kind of with one punch no no he stabs it or something i don't know but like it's you know he has minimal uh, tools to kill the shark and he's like telling the story and like you know jesse could create a whole bunch of stories of how he got these scars yeah while just fighting it you know yeah fighting all this fish <laughs> they're like what's that one on your side and he's like appendix you know <laughs> i just have a picture of him going like yeah fish you know <laughs> just holding up a swordfish by its tail oh, better you got a shark a more threatening you know just like yeah bitch <laughs> Uh, he has it like framed up in like the local bar. Yeah. 
I'm just going off all these fucking shark movies, you know, where they're, they're in like that, the little dive bar and there's like all <sighs> locals in there, you know, yeah. I'm, just basically, I'm just talking shit. Salty, know, just, yeah. <laughs> salty, salty semen, if you will. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I could fucking get into that. I kind of want him to, I, I also want to do something like carpentry related. Yeah. He has that story about the box that he made in shop class that he sold for fucking, or he traded for fucking weed and shit. That would make more sense. He was passionate about that, wasn't he? Not passionate about Maybe he makes fish. his own boat. Maybe. It's I could see him becoming a fisherman, though. Like, I'm not discarding that. I, oh, I, I yeah. totally I mean, can fucking see that happening. You know, um, it's Alaska. I don't know how much more there is to do out there besides avoid being killed by bears. You avoid being killed by bears, you <laughs> shovel out snow, and you murder your neighbors. That's it. <laughs> Alaska. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you murder yourself. God's country. Uh, <laughs> that's actually, like, really fucking terrifying, is the amount of people that go missing up there. It's yeah. like, okay, okay, totally normal. Yeah. It's not strange at all. <laughs> it's like when they talk about Derry and it mm -hmm. it's like people go missing here like nine times the national average and it's like that's fucking alaska but <laughs> that yeah I don't that know. movie should be on the other side i don't know too much about that you know i know this like there's a lot of crime right a lot of crime in alaska just because like people there's so much uh, i know like, it's, I think a lot of it's drugs isn't it yeah and it's like it's cowboys and the wilderness is so fucking like it, it, it really is like it's like an outlaw western kind of like frontier type existence mm -hmm. but there's a lot of different reasons it's like you have crazy animals you have you know unfortunately when people don't have things to do it, they tend to choose to do bad things yeah that's, that's, that's kind of getting yeah, yeah well, that's how i figured it my neck went down so there's that and then there's just the terrain and how intense the weather is like I remember even, I think this happened in fucking Tewksbury. There was a guy that he got drunk and he was walking home from a bar and he was like, it's snowing shit. And he fucking like sat down on the snowbank, right? Because he was like, oh man, I'm fucking tired or whatever. He has like, I think he had a beer bottle with him. And he was like having like the last couple sips of that. And a fucking plow came by and they fucking hit him. They hit this fucking guy. Oh my god. The dude got flipped up into the snowbank and then just got buried. And they didn't, they, he was missing. That's terrifying. Yeah, he was fucking missing. And they didn't know where he went. And then when the fucking snow thawed, they found his body. Wow. You gotta think Alaska doesn't thaw. So anytime you see a beautiful Alaskan landscape, there's 20,000 dead people in the snow. Like, <laughs> I don't think I want to go to Alaska. <laughs> I don't know. That's my, that's my opinion. I feel like every time I see like an Alaskan, or you see, an, if somebody sends you an Alaskan postcard that says, wish you were here, you should be fucking offended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they're basically like, I wish you were dead. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not very populated, right? So, I mean. No, if not. There, if there's outposts, like, you know, no. it's, it's not. There needs to be some sort of rescue mission. There's not, you know, it's the area is just so vast. I'm sure it's tough yeah. to, to find people if accidents did happen. I forget what it was in. There was some other. It wasn't. It wasn't Breaking Bad related, but it was saying there was something that was said about Alaska that it was for people who were. It's not. It's not for people to find themselves. It's for people to lose who they were. You know, it's mm -hmm. like the only place that you can go in America where you can fucking just 
be something else, you know, which is great. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad Jesse found that place because this is a fresh start for him, you know. It's a better plan than New Hampshire. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. That's a bad... I, I, I avoid New Hampshire at all costs. <laughs> and again, if you're a salamander that lives in New Hampshire, I apologize. All right? It's just... You no, know, it's a lot of them. There's a lot of fucking Dude, salamanders. New Hampshire's right in our backyard, man. The yeah, I know. Salamanders are going to just start an army and just they'll make their way down here. It they might will. take a few months, maybe years, but... I think we there. should build a wall. That's my... Yeah. <laughs> They're too dangerous. No more Chris Lazier. <laughs> Shout out. Aww. I'm name dropping. What a sad life that would be. It'd be fucking depressing as fuck. It would. Yeah. Chris Lazier makes everything better. He does. He's a good guy. We love him. So much. He's our very own Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the point where we're rambling about our friends that I think we've... All of, <laughs> we've all lost all integrity. Yeah, I know. No, yeah. I think we've, we've uh, covered the breakdown of El Camino. I don't know if you have more to add. Yeah. I feel like this one's going to be a short episode, though. Yeah, I mean, I think we went for a pretty decent amount of time. You know, um, I think we covered a lot, and, you know, Jesse's backstory, kind of a refresher, and where he's been, and how we saw him develop into the person we saw in El Camino, and speculated about where he went from there. You know, yeah. could be a fisherman, could be a carpenter, could be working with troubled teens. True. Fucking whatever you want it to be, you know? Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, yeah. I do want to like bring up a couple things. Um, so Vince Gilligan, I saw, and again, if you're listening to this, please feel free to do a comment on our Instagram, Vince, um, <laughs> Vinny, we call him Vinny. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right, he was uh, he was doing an interview and he said that um, people were like pressuring him, like the interviewer was pressuring him. He was like, "So when's the next one of these coming out, man? Like, what's what's up next? Which uh, what's the next character that's gonna get a, a Breaking Bad spinoff? Because you got like you got Saul, you know, his own series, and then you got Jesse's getting a movie. Like, who's next? Who's coming next?" And uh, Vince was like, "I I I think that I'm done. I think I'm done." With Breaking Bad, I think. And he was like, I, I don't want to keep going back into this mine and digging out more material until it collapses, you know? I'm like, that's a fucking, that's a good way to be. Yeah. You know, that's smart. But do you think he's done? Do you think there's more stories to tell in that universe? And if there are, do you have opinions about who you'd want to see them work on um i i think i think there's always somewhere to go and i think you know there is a line that if you cross it's, it's gonna you know we've seen it happen with tv shows and movies where they try and stretch it with with minor characters or with new characters in the same universe and you know scrubs is the one that comes to mind oh, they still kind of had some of the main characters in there but it was focused around you know a crop of new people and kind of left a bad taste in your mouth. Um, I I do think he's done. I think he's smart enough to know maybe not to go out further. Um, you, know, you know, there's no one in, in my mind that stands out that, um, you know, I could see something going on with. But 
I haven't given it much thought, and it sounds like you have, so I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I I don't I don't know. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I think at one point I wanted to see like the adventures of young Mike, but I think Better Call Saul does both characters together. Yep. So I feel like I kind of got satiated. It's a slightly younger Mike, but not as young as I was going. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, <clears throat> the only other person that I would be interested in because. I just fucking like his character, and I like him. Um, is uh, a Bogdan series? No, I'm fucking around. Um, <laughs> no, for a second I was like, who? Like, oh, eyebrows. Dude, yeah, eyebrows. eyebrows. Yeah. Just call it eyebrows. They call them eyebrows. Yeah, eyebrows. A Breaking Bad series. <laughs> That's what I want. Seventy hours of Bogdan. Um, no, I think I would do. Uh, I had to look his name up earlier, but it's Patrick Cuby. Is the character that Bill Burr played? Uh huh. And it might be kind of neat to see more of like what he's all about because he's like a small offshoot of the Breaking Bad world. You can make that seem way. You can. It's like you're still playing in the Breaking Bad universe, but he's not tied so heavily to the plot of Breaking Bad. So yes. it's like it fills out that thing where Vince was saying, "I want to Vinny," when Vinny was saying, "I want to do something new." And uh, I don't want to keep diving back into the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. It's like it, it's it does both things well. It's a new uh, a new story that could be entirely unrelated, but also is set in a universe where you know Breaking Bad has occurred. And it might be cool to see Huel too. I was because... gonna say that too. That opens up to bring bring Huel back, and I think he's he's an awesome supporting character. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I, there's a lot of people that are very troubled about the fact that, like, he was literally the last scene he was in. He was left in that hotel room. Yeah. And he was like, how long are you guys going to be? And they were just like, it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And then they just left him there. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are like, is Huel still in that hotel room, like, all this time? <laughs> I, saw, I saw on YouTube somebody did a 10-hour loop. And what they did was, like... Hank and Hank and Gomi are on the left side of the screen, and Huel is on the right, and uh, he's fucking. So so what they did is they they cut out, they used the background from when Hank and Gomi left, and then they were able to like splice together like Huel like sitting there and like he's he must be talking to them, but like there's a there's a lot of like movements that just seem like it could be somebody just sitting there. But it's a 10-hour loop of Huel just, like, you know, scratching his arm, you know, and, like, shifting. <laughs> All these different stuff. It's just, like, it's so funny. I want, like, a live wallpaper from my phone. Yeah. <laughs> People just sitting Huel's there. Huel's still in the, the hotel room to this day. It's so funny. He has, like, tally marks up yeah. around the room. How long he's been in there. He has a volleyball that he painted a face on. <laughs> There's a funnier die thing too that like his entire family moves into the hotel room with him. <laughs> I thought I heard something like that. Yeah, I gotta watch that. Um, so yeah, Vinny, just keep that in mind. Um, all right, you think we're done? Yeah, I feel like we're we're done, and I I think that that was a was a tight episode, but I also think that uh, I also think it was a pretty tight story. Yeah, not a lot left over. Mm -hmm. um, I like the thing with the imposter cops. That yeah. was cool. Mm -hmm. A nice twist. And I realized that they were imposter cops like a second 
too late. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, you know? Yeah. Which was great. But, um, yeah, so that's El Camino, guys. And uh, next week, we don't we don't have anything picked out yet. So we're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, we'll figure out something, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we love you tons and tons. Have a great weekend. Bye.